Welcome to The Do Zone, where real entrepreneurs share real strategies about getting things done. I'm your host, Josh Thomas. Tag me at JT Literally and show me what you do in The Do Zone. Every week, I'll pick the best post to feature across all my social networks. This podcast is brought to you by Factor One. If you are a six-figure entrepreneur who's looking to hit seven this year, there are three key shifts you need to make right now in order for it to be possible. Go to imfactor1.com now and I'll show you exactly what those three key shifts are and how you can get them set up for your business in less than six minutes. Once again, that's imfactor1.com. Today's guest is Chuck Navaj. After serving nine years with the U.S. Army and 28 years in corporate America with a multinational, multi-billion dollar manufacturing company, Chuck Navaj founded 1310 Business Solutions, LLC, and wrote the book, Hope is Not a Business Strategy, How to Take Control of Your Business So It Won't Take Control of You. He now works to support and assist business leaders and organizations improve their operations, resulting in bottom line improvements and giving them back more time. Chuck, welcome to the Do Zone. Tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Josh, I think ultimately it all comes down to integrity. Dwight Eisenhower said that the supreme quality for leadership is unquestionably integrity. Without it, no real success is possible. And I believe that because, I mean, if you if I would tell you I'm going to get something done and I don't do it, do we have success later on? I mean, and I think a lot of people really want to go ahead and honor their word. So I think integrity really becomes a foundational aspect of getting anything done. You know, I was recently having a conversation about this word. And <laughs> so it's, you just, you just, you just lobbed it right up for me, man. I love that. I love it. And so here's what's interesting about the word integrity. Uh, a lot of times we, we take it kind of beyond its original meaning, but the original definition of integrity is to be complete to mm-hmm. be whole. It actually comes from the Latin word integer. And if you know anything about math, which I don't, uh, but I do have access to a dictionary, <laughs> integer is a whole number that's mm-hmm. not a fraction. It's not a decimal. It's a whole number. And so integer is whole. And if you have integrity, it means you are complete. A bridge has structural integrity, which means it is complete. It can self-contain. And and when you when you realize that was the original definition of it, it kind of changes how you think about integrity. And so since you brought it up, I'm curious, kind of what is your take on what does integrity even mean? Because we could probably go on for hours about that. I mean, I think, you know, the definition or the, the origins are correct. I mean, you have to be whole. And, you know, when you're not going ahead and using integrity, when you're telling somebody you're going to do something and you're not going to do it. Are you really whole? Because you have a piece of you that's incomplete, a piece of your word that you have offered to somebody else that isn't complete. It's still outstanding. Whether you want to call it, um, you know, credits and debits or however you want to approach it, you have something out there in the ledger that does not get checked off. And so I, I really do believe that that original definition fits with what we're talking about even right here in getting stuff done. You have to go ahead and live up to your word. And it's not just your word. I mean, you take a position in in a corporation, let's say. I mean, it has a set of 
job descriptions. It, it has a set of things that you need to do. If you're not doing all of them, are you really whole? Are you really whole in the perspective of that corporation? If you're an entrepreneur and you go ahead and say, hey, I've got these 12 things to go ahead and get done, and you only get three of them done. Now, some of that may be because you don't have time and you will become whole after a period of time. But I think that also starts to go ahead and then lead into prioritization. What is it that really absolutely needs to get done today? What's not just important, but urgent and important? And if it's not urgent and important, should you be doing it or can you delegate it? You know, Eisenhower talks about the, uh, uh, they, they call it the Eisenhower matrix sometimes. Absolutely. And that's exactly right. So you you mentioned that quote about him earlier. Uh, and I have two kinds of problems. I have important problems and I have urgent problems. And the, the idea is to focus on the important problems, not necessarily the urgent problems, because something can be urgent. I need to do this right now, but it's not necessarily important to your goals. And so we're always trying to balance between those two. Uh, well, and I'm Josh, even better, you want to focus on both the important and urgent, because some will go ahead and fall across both categories. And that's what you need to get done right now. That it has to urgently be done. And it's important, not one or the other. It's only when you get into one or the other that starts to take the second or the third priority. And if it's neither, yeah, you need to go ahead and take it off your list, period. And, and the way that we can relate that to entrepreneurs is a lot of times we say, we literally say the phrase, I'm running around putting out fires. Absolutely. Fires are urgent always, mm -hmm. but are they important? Right. And that's the question that we really have to answer. Are we solving problems or are we enjoying the heroism of being firefighters, which turns us into arsonists? <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, I, I love the the whole firefighter analogy because i say you know the best leaders the best entrepreneurs are fire marshals they prevent the fire through planning through i mean they may have have had a fire in their past and that goes ahead gives them the urgency to go ahead and prevent it in the future but it's the fire marshal and they're not the hero in our society but they're the ones trying to prevent the fire so that firefighter doesn't have to to run out and we don't have to expend those resources as you said urgently yeah, well said, you know, and, and about that fire marshal, it kind of leads into leadership, which is something that you like to talk a lot about. And I, I know that I 100% agree with this when you say there are three requirements of leadership. The first is integrity, which we've already discussed, mm -hmm. communication, and then finally, a love for people. Because if you are a leader, you are in charge of other people. And if you hate people... You're going to be a crappy leader. And so talk to us a little bit about, we know integrity is important. Talk to us about why communication and a love for people and give us some examples of how you've applied that in your businesses. I mean, communication, how do you get somebody else to do something? How, how do you get them to live up to their potential if you haven't communicated that to, to them? You know, if they don't know what their job is about, if they don't know what their performance metrics are, and yet you're measuring them, is that really fair? Are you, are you using good integrity, number one? But is that really fair to them? No. So what you need to do is set expectations. And, and the only way you can do that is through communication. And then you manage expectations. Okay, we've got a gap here. You know, maybe you misunderstood. Maybe the process is wrong. Maybe the tools aren't right. But 
for some reason, I expected this and you delivered this. How do we go ahead and close that gap either on this instance or the next instance? And you can only do that through communication. And ultimately, it comes down to people. As you said, if you don't love the people, and I understand there's always a, a, a bad apple. There's always somebody who gives that, that, that chops us, chafes us a little bit, and we have to go ahead and work with them a little bit harder. But that doesn't mean we can't go ahead and love them um, because they're there just trying to go ahead and make ends meet, trying to go ahead and provide for their family. And they're trying to do the best because nobody comes to work saying, man, I want to be mediocre today, or man, I want to go ahead and do a crappy job. Nobody comes to work like that. But have we set them up for success? Because remember, their success ultimately becomes our success at, as an entrepreneur. So we need to make sure that we, we've given them the, the right expectations. We've set them. We know how to go ahead and measure them. And we communicate with them and make adjustments because, again, they're going to be trying their best, right, wrong, and different. And th there are cases where you have the wrong person in the wrong seat in the bus. But, you know, we can change seats. That's relatively easy. That's right. And so and so, tell me a little bit about how you've, you've developed a lot of these kind of frameworks for businesses. Tell us a little bit about what you do and, and who you serve and, and how we can connect with you. Love working with uh, any organization that has an operation, which really is all of them. Whether you're an accounting firm or an architectural firm, or I come from a manufacturing floor, so certainly love manufacturing, but really you can cross industries by just looking at operations, what's repeatable, what should be repeatable, um, and looking at those processes and how do we go ahead and improve them? Do we have those processes documented? Are we aligned across various functional areas? I mean, because even, you know, small uh, entrepreneurial companies, you know, they've got one person doing marketing and sales and another one, you know, either providing the service or the product. And sometimes there's a disconnect between those two functional areas. And we need to just go ahead and align that. Well, you know, the, the service group says, hey, I need the customer's address in order to go ahead and deliver the product. The sales marketing people, oh, man, I forgot to go ahead and get it. Well, then how can one do their part without the other one doing their part? So again, communication comes into play. And what we try and do is we look at, is the business aligned? And if so, what's their biggest issue, their biggest um, obstacle they need to overcome, their biggest opportunity that they've committed to this year? And then we focus on how do we go ahead and get that done if they're underperforming already? If they're already performing on that, then we look at the next opportunity. And can we go ahead and take that on with the resources they have? Because sometimes you can only work on one thing at a time because your resources are limited. Other times you can work on two or three. We don't want 12. We don't want 50. But you can work on two or three. What's that next one that we can go ahead and add in and fit it in you know, to an improvement plan and then follow it up? And again, it's all about the planning, the expectations, the people. Well said. And so where can we go to learn a little bit more about that? Uh, go out to my website, 1310.com. Um, you can go out to Amazon, get my book. Uh, Hope is not a business strategy. Um, either one will go ahead and give you plenty of insights. You can reach out to me via LinkedIn, either at 1310 uh, Business Solutions on LinkedIn or at Charles T. Canavers Jr. on LinkedIn. 
Okay. Kanabish. I totally butchered that at the beginning. Sorry about that. <laughs> Everybody I meet has that, 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 that's so low on my issues yeah. list. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because I almost always I'll catch an interesting last name and I'll ask for clarification on how to pronounce it before I just butcher it. But this time, you know, this time I just went with the crowd, I guess. Sorry about that. Chuck. No worries. No worries. You got it. So, uh, Hey, we're going to wrap up from here. Uh, thanks again to Chuck Knabish uh, for sharing a little bit of wisdom about how he gets done as things done. He's got a book on Amazon that you can go and pick up called hope is not a business strategy. And for those of you who want to connect with him directly and potentially work with him, you can go to 1310.com. That's 13ten.com. For those of you who are listening to this podcast while you're at work, during your workout, or somewhere out on the field on your morning commute, be sure to snap a selfie and tag me at JT. Literally tell me what you do in the do zone. Also, if you're ready to break the seven-figure barrier with your business, but you know what got you here ain't going to get you there, we can help. Go to imfactor1.com now, and let's see how much impact we can make in the next six minutes. Know this, you are factor one for your own success. Now let's get to work. If you're a small business doing at least six figures and you're trying to level up, but you keep getting smacked down, pay attention. There are outside forces at play that you're almost certainly not aware of. No, I'm not talking about the president, the economy, the Federal Reserve, or inflation. I'm also not talking about your industry, your competition, or current market conditions. I'm talking about you. There are invisible forces that are keeping you from breaking through to the next barrier in your business. That's why you keep repeating the same cycle year after year. You think next time will be different, but what you don't realize is that you're running through a huge maze and your opponent has every turn memorized because your opponent built the maze. Until you get your hands on a map and come up with a plan of attack and execute it, you're just going to keep running circles over and over and you'll lose every time. You'll never find the exit without a plan. The good news is your opponent is predictable. Your opponent follows the rules. You can beat your opponent because you don't have to follow the rules. You see, you have free will. Your opponent is restricted to the rules of the game, but you can make your own rules. You just got to have a plan. And in order to get a plan, you first have to take responsibility for putting yourself in that maze without a map to begin with. Because you are factor one for your own success. Your opponent is your comfort zone. If you're ready to stop running circles in the same circuit year after year and finally break free from the maze, join factor one. We are a unique development program for six-figure entrepreneurs. We'll airdrop into your exact location of the maze with a paper and pen, and we'll help you draw a clean map to the exit using our bird's eye view. We'll also arm you with the tools you need to defend yourself properly, and we'll walk with you shoulder to shoulder to make sure you get out safely this time. We don't leave anybody behind that doesn't want to be left there. Join us. Go to imfactor1.com right now, and let's talk about getting you out of that maze once and for all.